Health Unwrapped is the conversation you need to hear to enhance your well-being from the experts at BioGlan. We'll be talking about trending health topics and ways you can make a difference to your health with leading experts discussing the latest developments in dietary supplements and, of course, natural foods. We should be eating around 30 grams of fibre every day. Um, and we're not on average in the UK, we're eating about 18 grams of fibre. And actually, the higher fibre we have, um, we know in research that it has a bigger impact um, on everything, like we've suggested, from our, our mental health to our gut health. I'm your host, Natalie Silverman, host of the Fertility Podcast, and I'll be taking you on your wellness journey. So Deborah James, welcome to this episode of Health Unwrapped, where we're going to be talking about a healthy gut and how that creates a happy life. How are you? Hello, thank you so much for having me here. It's a beautiful day here in London, isn't it? We don't have any windows, but it's a glorious, <laughs> glorious day. Just to introduce Deborah, a podcast host of You, Me and the Big C, columnist for The Sun, blogger, and I read... Just recently that we're talking in March and you've just been sharing how your body is currently cancer-free. Yeah, that's a big word, isn't it? It's quite crazy and I feel very nervous even saying that. So, Do you? Yeah, so for those people that don't know my story, obviously I live I live with metastatic bowel cancer, so stage four bowel cancer. I was diagnosed about three and a half years ago um, and the stats for that is not great and I know we're going to go into that story, um, but I've got to a place that I just honestly never thought possible, which was no evidence of disease. So on paper, I was declared cancer-free. I'm still on treatment. It's one of those things where everyone's like, what are you going to do? Go and run around the world now. And I'm like, no, I'd love to do that. But it's still, it's maintaining any any health thing that any of us have. We still have to look after it, don't we? Um, I know what the, the future is going to look like, but I think at the moment I'm just trying to enjoy being in this place. Although it's really hard. Mentally, it's so hard to actually enjoy the positive. <laughs> You have to almost kind of keep taking stock and reminding yourself. But I think that maintenance is so key in the conversation so that we're going to have. Because we want to talk about gut health, yep. ultimately. And from your own personal experience, the importance of gut health and how you feel it affects your body. Because it's had a major impact, hasn't it? Oh, a major impact. So I'm learning so much. For me, actually, it's been a bit of an education journey in terms of since I was diagnosed with bowel cancer just how important gut health is to us. Because you describe yourself as 35 vegetarian and a runner, so in Absolutely. kind of peak fitness when, yeah, it, when it happened. in theory. So on paper, I was kind of the least person at risk of getting bowel cancer. And we know now that bowel cancer can can be caused by a variety of different things. Um, but sadly, in about 50% of cases, it is lifestyle focused. I wasn't, but that doesn't mean I can't advocate and talk about the importance of things like more fibre, um, looking after our gut, because ultimately I wouldn't want people to have to go through what I'm going through. So if there was a way of preventing it, like, please jump on that bandwagon. Um, but yeah, for me, it's kind of well, learning a lot about how actually for me, there's a there's a connect and we know that there's a connect between basically a happy gut and a healthy mind um, and I'm learning that but I'm learning that through through trying it through trying it in practice give me some examples so for me I would say I've always been vegetarian um, so I've been vegetarian since the age of um, since the age of nine or ten my my parents kind of said uh, my parents didn't like it at first I think now now it's fine I think any parent who's got a child who's, who says I want to become vegetarian they about it yeah they're like well you know it's their choice whereas back in the day it was a kind of cheese sandwich and that was about it and a box of cereal growing up um, and so I certainly wasn't a varied diet as a vegetarian and I think now I 
love the options on restaurant menus. I'm, you know, for me, it's it's like my heaven actually in terms of the range of options. Um, but what I'm noticing is for me actually, I have half my bowel removed um, because I had a bowel resection to get rid of um, my bowel tumor. Um, so I have to think, I have to actively think very carefully about the types of food that I put into my body because ultimately it either comes through me really quickly um, or I get quite sick on it um, or it doesn't come through at all because of the side effects of my drugs. And so I actively have to kind of make a conscious effort to eat a really high fibre diet um, because my bowel is a little bit sluggish and that's as a result of the drugs that I'm on. I also have to make a conscious effort for me that I've recognised the, the connect between keeping as healthy as I can. People kind of say, how can you, you know, you have very little control over your disease. Um, I agree to a point, but what I try to have control over is being able to boost my immune system. Um, and for me, that is through food um, and feeling um, feeling healthy. So when we're talking about the food, we're talking whole foods. Obviously, you're talking about being vegetarian, so it's predominantly yeah. plant-based. Predominantly plant-based, actually. I don't really drink milk now um, at all. Um, and mainly... was that linked to your gut health? Um, mainly because actually it was just one of those things where I, the more I read about it and we know that we can't claim anything, we know that there's no, not a distinct link. Um, but for me, it just didn't feel right. So I, if I ever have, um, products, it's, it's mainly oat-based products now. Um, but for me, gut health has just been something that I've really enjoyed learning about. For me, it's just a variety of different fruit and vegetables. So, um, I, when I speak to dietitians and nutritionists, for me, the key message that I take away is it's variety and it's got to be variety. And it's looking at our gut as though it's like a little animal, which it is. We now know that disease generally, about 90% or, or well, we can just quote Socrates and kind of say all disease starts in the gut. Now, whatever way you want to look at it, we have to recognise that the gut is really important in terms of where disease starts. And in bowel cancer specifically, we know that about 50% of cases of bowel cancer are lifestyle related, most of which are diet and gut related. And it's how can we feed it um, to be as happy as possible? Um, and actually, it's about variety. Um, somebody gave a really good analogy in that. Imagine that you've got this like big complex monster and the only way to keep it healthy is to like give it 30 different fruits and vegetables every single week. Um, and I quite like that. I, I love think. that. Yeah. I didn't know that 90% of disease starts in the gut. So that, that there is, is there a proven link between gut health and bowel cancer? So what we do know um, is that we do know that um, around 30%, um, although we can't isolate it, but we know that in about 30% of bowel cancer cases, I think 20, 27 to be exact, um, it is linked to a lack of fibre in the diet, which is really quite amazing. So, And actually, we also know that about 9 in 10 of us do not eat enough fibre a day. Just on that note, some easy ways to get more fibre into your diet, what yeah. would you say? Um, well, for me, it's like hummus and peas. Peas are like one of the best source of fibre. Yeah, absolutely. So okay. peas are a brilliant source of fibre. I didn't know that It's good all. for kids, isn't it? It's great for kids because you kind of think, oh, you know, how's it? So for me, I obviously, I, I eat loads of rivita. I eat loads of rivita. I eat loads of hummus um, and I eat loads of peas and uh, things like raspberries. They're actually high in fibre. It's great. So yeah, so things like that. So we know that nine and 10 of us are not eating enough fibre. And actually we should, not only to kind of keep our guts healthy, 
but to actually prevent things like bowel cancer. And so whilst we can't isolate it as the only cause, we know that there is a link um, and so therefore for me kind of it's a bit of a no-brainer and we also know that lack of fruit and vegetables too much red meat is also another link so when we look at all those factors actually looking after our gut is really important considering that bowel cancer is the second largest killer in terms of cancer um, out there and the myth is that it's a certain age that would suffer with it and you're a, a case here of of a healthy 30 something who, yeah. who was diagnosed yeah absolutely and it, i'm not saying that every case of bowel cancer is obviously linked to diet is not um but i think it's just one of those things that if we can become aware of it later in life um absolutely and i'm a case of you're never too you're never too young to have bowel cancer so i, I don't think it's i don't think it's a bad thing for any of us to just kind of start looking after our health um, our, our gut health the thing that i'm finding really fascinating actually with bowel cancer specifically is where the research in terms of trying to cure it and treat it is going and we know now that in terms of cancer research uk and other um, organizations the money and the research is going into looking at the microbiome looking at how we can uh, create the best microbiome to accept whatever treatment it is um, and whenever I sit in a room of researchers they're always talking about the, the, the work around the microbiome. Do you want to explain a bit more about what the microbiome means? Yeah so the microbiome is essentially so our gut is huge it's enormous um, I don't actually know how big it is off the top of my head but the microbiome is essentially the climate in which our gut exists in so it's the it's the kind of it's the environment that we're in and people often talk about maybe having like an acidic environment or an alkaline environment, whatever it might be. And essentially, we have to keep our gut as healthy as possible for our bodies. Now, what that looks like is different on different people. And we know that Western diets will create a certain microbiome versus kind of diets in other countries. And we know that. And we know as a result of that, certain diseases are more likely to happen such as bowel cancer so we know that bowel cancer is more prevalent in a western diet and we know that um so essentially our microbiome is that whole environment um and the the key aim is how can we create the best microbiome um to work our body into well the best state or for for researchers right now in cancer to work out actually how how we can best treat cancers or even prevent them happening in the first place there's, there's such a link as well, as you said earlier, in what's happening internally in your gut with what's happening mentally. Yes. And I just want to talk about that connection between your mental well-being. There's lots of conversations in the media anyway about our well-being, which is yeah. brilliant. You know, yeah. we're kind of breaking down that taboo about it and we're, we're all getting a bit more brave about admitting when we don't feel so great. Yeah. Talk to me more about that link between the two. Yeah, it's amazing. So um, so I didn't know there was a link. And then I met a dietitian um, and she was talking very much about this and essentially saying that a lot of our serotonin, um, that is essentially the hormones that help us become happy, if we, if we want to say that, it controls our levels of depression, possibly our levels of anxiety. Most of it is produced in our gut. And actually, um, it's quite amazing how actually if we're controlling our levels of serotonin within our gut, actually that can have a, a, a 
direct impact in terms of our happiness um, and there's massive research out there in terms of actually um, there's some really great case studies where they looked at treating um, uh, chronic depression in people um, and they actually gave um, some people a very high fiber wide-reaching diet you know full of fruits and vegetables um, alongside um, some therapy and then they gave um, another set of people some antidepressants um, alongside just you know their average whatever diet they were doing yeah. and actually levels of depression reduced in the group that had a much wider reaching Gosh. high fiber kind of um, diet versus those that were on antidepressants it's quite an incredible case study actually and it made me think kind of actually how important our gut health is not just for our own health but our mental health as well, well. an awareness of it because yeah we are guilty of wanting a pill to to be a quick fix absolutely but yeah. then there's the issue around the stigma around taking antidepressants and asking for help and so if people if the awareness is there that people can do it themselves at home by yeah. what they're eating I think yeah. that's a, a, a massively important thing yeah. to understand and just a bit being aware that it can play a part in it whatever that that support looks like actually not to dismiss that the gut and diet is a really important factor in in whatever that package of support looks like for somebody. I want to just talk about family life because you talked about being vegetarian as a child and obviously when you're trying to eat well and you're trying to make food for your family it can get challenging if you've got fussy eaters how does it work in your family with looking after your children's gut health and the importance of as a family you know maintaining everybody's yeah, gut health so, so I'm a teacher by trade and by trade um, so I used to be a deputy head and for me education is really really important so I think any parent we have a responsibility a social responsibility and I know we've been using this word to teach our children actually not to be scared of food to embrace food to love food like I love food but to understand actually eating 10 bags of crisps is not actually good for us and that's not because I'm being a mean mum actually and I'm not being a strict mum who says you can't have sweets yes you can have sweets but everything in moderation and recognizing that I want my kids to make choices because they understand why those choices are important. So not just because mum says I have to have a healthy diet. And I think that's where it's it's a battle. Like, I'm not going to lie. My kids really like fish fingers, like potato waffles and peas you know there's no two we ways about it good. we know that the peas are good so we're fine <laughs> and and you know I'm not going to lie but I, I kind of have a bit it's not a rule but we've always said like you try it once like whatever it is you just try it um, and actually my kids l- really like kind of um, great food they appreciate really lovely food um, and I've been doing lots of um, lots of work, obviously, about getting people to eat more fibre. And as a result, actually, my kids now are kind of pretty savvy about fibre, albeit it's um, hummus and carrot sticks. But you know what? It's a start, isn't it? Um, so I just think family life um, is hectic, really hectic. I've got a 10 year old and a 12 year old. I'm not like I don't cook for everyone. Like I'm not the like main cook. We're always like on the go. We eat out a lot, actually, mainly because we love the socialising. But we eat good food when we go out, if that makes sense. And at home, my kids are now into cooking, which I love. Great. <laughs> so if kids are a bit younger, I mean, you're talking about 10 and 12 year old. I've got a five year old yeah. and the conversations that I have with him. Is, is trying not to say that food's good or that food's bad. I try to have the conversation Yeah, because no about, food is bad, bad. Yeah, it's about everything. in moderation. Yeah, moderation. And talking about things being fuel. And do you actually go into detail of what it's doing in their tummy? Is that the kind I of think advice you give? Now I go into... We talk a lot about poo with my kids, I have to be honest with you. You've had to do that I've with I've kind of had to journey, do with that with you? my journey. Like, and 
and also it's like smashing the stigma and the taboo around it because ultimately um i want my kids and any kids to feel comfortable talking about their bowel habits because it's really important that they do because actually that can in itself be a barrier to diagnosis talking about them how talking about them in terms of understanding what a good poo is okay like let's be really let's just come out with it and although my 12 year old now thinks it's hilarious he's like yeah i did a number four today (laughs) so you know when you're looking at the um the uh the scale and you're basically like uh, i actually got them to um to make out of plasticine so i was doing a thing in terms of understanding um kind of the big scale in terms of like what good um, poos look like and what good poos don't look like and so we use plasticine to make kind of anything from diarrhea to constipation so I, I I take it to the extreme I know that um but but I do yeah for me I just want them to feel comfortable talking about bowel health whatever that looks like okay so if there's one takeaway piece of advice you want people to take from listening to this small insight into you know happy gut health yeah what what change could they make today um actually for me it's just being aware that it is an important thing um so it's not necessarily a change i think the first change is acknowledging that it does have an impact on our health because a lot of people assume that it doesn't um and i think sitting here as somebody with bowel cancer and sitting here as somebody who is now geekily interested in it um i think it's recognizing that it is really important Um, and that's just the first step as soon as you know it's important then you start realizing the why and you can delve into it in whatever it is and if it's just a case of eating more peas amazing but it's understanding it is important and just you can make changes and you can make changes really difficult no absolutely and for children especially so if you're a parent listening and you um you know like you said you have a a young child it's just making food fun and making gut health fun whether it is talking about poo that's fine um i'm so doing that plasticine thing it's a great it's brilliant it's great because then you can have conversations with your kids when they get older about actually what their bowel habits are like without them feeling embarrassed about it um, and so for me, it's like not being embarrassed to talk about bowel health and gut health um, and actually understanding that it's not an obsessive thing. It's not something we should kind of be anally obsessing about, but it's something we just need to build into our life. And it's fun. It actually should be fun. It shouldn't be, uh, you know, it shouldn't be a burden. Obviously, we've got busy lifestyles and the idea would be to eat everything from food. But I'm interested in whether you supplement your diet with anything to support your gut health and also your children as well. Yeah, absolutely. So it's obviously about eating the rainbow. I like that phrase, yeah, me too. eating the rainbow. Um, for me, actually, I, despite the fact that I have a short bowel, um, because of my drugs, my bowel doesn't work as effectively. So I have to have a really high fibre diet. Um, I actually take a fibre supplement alongside it. So with fibre, we need to have all varieties. Everybody assumes that we've got one type of fiber that we need to need to eat. Actually we have soluble fiber, we have insoluble fiber and we get them from a variety of different sources. Actually the rougher the better. Um, but we can also supplement it. Um, I use a supplement. Um, you can get powder supplements, um, you can get a kind of well you put them in your cups of tea if you want to. Um, and essentially whatever it is actually getting that fiber into our diet can be really, really beneficial. So in, so when you talk about putting in your tea, because I just assumed that was like a, a, a sweetener powder, but you can actually get a fibre 
something that can can be put in yeah, addition to hot drinks. So, for example, inulin, which is a type of fibre supplement, you can actually use that um, as a sweetener. Who knew? So who knew? So it works both ways. Um, win-win. So you can get it basically incorporated into your diet without having to stop and think, oh, there's another thing I've got to take. Yeah. It just can become more of a habit, can't Absolutely. It? And we should be eating around 30 grams of fibre every day. Um, and we're not, on average in the UK, we're eating about 18 grams of fibre. And actually, the higher fibre we have, um, we know in research that it has a bigger impact um, on everything, like we've suggested, from our, our mental health to our gut health. So actually making a conscious effort to up our fibre intake is good. People are always a little bit worried about upping their fibre intake blocked. and getting, well, no, getting diarrhoea. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Get, the yeah, the okay. opposite. Um, and also having really irritable bowel as a result of it, because quite often our bowels can't cope with a dramatic change from kind of lack of fibre to increased fibre. The key thing is building up to 30 grams. And it's one of those things where essentially, like, we do it in pieces. Our bowel gets used to that. Um, and then we'll see the benefits in the long term. And it's just about introducing it slowly. And obviously, we're talking about this in, in, in a way to raise awareness of the importance of this. But if you're not quite sure how to how to go about it, for your everyday person, would you say to, to seek out a nutritionist and get some tests done? Or where would you start? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, go to reliable sources. Um, for me I hate sources of information on the internet that aren't steeped in evidence it's got to be evidence-based research so for me it's going to places that we know uh, or products that we know are built on science um, do not go down a route just because somebody has claimed that this has cured them from whatever disease it is please please go to reliable credible brands and sources and how can people follow you and find out more about you um, so I call myself Bow Babe, <laughs> which is hilarious, I think. Um, so on all forms of social media, the best place to start is at Bow Babe. Thank you. Great stuff. Thank you. Make sure you subscribe by your favourite podcast app to stay up to date on Biogun's commitment to your wellness. And to find out more about our products, follow us on Instagram at Biogland Supplements, on Facebook at Biogland UK, or visit biogland.co.uk.